Dentistry Stories. The views expressed by any individual in this interview are entirely their own and not necessarily shared by Denver Street Stories. Denver Street Stories is an active supporter in the LGBTQ community. We stand with the Black Lives Matter movement, and as intersectional feminists, we support equity and equality for all peoples. Denver Street Stories supports sovereignty and land back to indigenous communities. We strive to actively deconstruct oppressive colonialist structures. Denver Street Stories. These are our stories. <laughs> um, we're Denver Street Stories here in Paco Sanchez Park um, with Rose today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Rose. Um, pronouns are they, them. Um, and I uh, have been unhoused since um, late, late summer 2019. Um, and I've been living in a, a van in, in that time. So, and that's, that's what I still do, mostly staying at um, parks. Cool. Okay. Um, well, I guess first, can we please ask about the Kraken creature? Because it's super awesome looking. <laughs> yeah. So um, this is, I, I crochet. Uh, I've been crocheting since about uh, 2010. Um, and I've and I've just been trying to get better at it as I go. And so this is um, a recent thing that I finished, probably like my second most recent thing that I completed. And um, and it's just, yeah, it's impressive. <laughs> uh, it's got a lot more detail, a lot more sewing than I usually do. So it really was like um, pushing myself. And while I was working on it, I thought it was really cool. But while I was working on it, I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna make another one of these. So let me just put my best effort into this one. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm happy with it. <laughs> Do you like doing art mostly by yourself or with other people too? Um, I, I guess I, I, I've, I definitely benefit from um, body doubling. So like having other people around to engage in activities um, while I'm engaging in activities is really helpful. Um, I host a craft group for queer folks uh, and, and that kind of just came out of yeah, just trying to interact. So I don't know if I like prefer to craft with people, but I know that if left to my own devices, I tend to self-isolate. Um, and I know that, um, that that can like negatively affect my uh, just mood, um, more susceptible to depression and stuff when I haven't been around people. So um, socializing is more like a pushing myself to do it um, because I know it has benefits uh, a little more so than than like oh man I just really want to socialize let's go do it well so I guess like you like to socialize a lot is it different or like how is it different socializing like before you were unhoused versus being unhoused yeah um like I feel like the housing status has not really had a a big impact on like I guess I have to like give a little context so um, I moved here from Maryland. I used to work full time um, and I also had a side project. So I would work full time, come home, work on that. Um, and uh, and I would host like I would have people come over um, like I, I, I had an apartment. So like I, my siblings could come visit me, which was awesome. I could have friends over um, in college. I lived in a house where um, where we could just throw parties and so I started throwing parties I was I was never really doing I was never invited to a single party I think when I was a teenager so in college I was like yes and I can be the host and you know I can disappear in my room and like or what I don't know it was it was cool so I kind of got into um 
being in that kind of hosting way or having people around. And then when I moved, I was just isolated. Like I had um, had when I was still in Maryland, I had like an anxiety thing, break, something like that, um, that really affected my ability to continue working full time. Um, and I moved out here and was having a hard time um, finding a job that would be a good fit. And, um, and I was also just having trouble with like having to have regular commitments. Uh, so I have, um, I'm disabled, so that's like, I guess, you know, a, a key point in this. Um, and largely, I, actually, I wouldn't say being disabled is why I'm unhoused. I'm unhoused because of uh, housing costs anything at all or costs way too much. Um, but, you know, I, I, I was working and doing as much as I could. But once I came here, really, like, I was working from home, so I wasn't making work friends. Um, I wasn't, like, leaving the house, really. Um, so I wasn't meeting people in the world. Um, and... And really, I was just so isolated that eventually, like, I was having a hard time just, like, I would be like, okay, I have to go to the store, standing at the door, like, having to psych myself up, unable to open the door, unable to go outside, and, and it just became really difficult. So I, so that's when I started intentionally, um, I, I joined, like, an art group. I, I joined, like, a couple different groups, but the, the art group was, um, was the one that I kind of stuck with. And I went there every week until the pandemic started, and the group was no longer around um so but I still hadn't really met friends I hadn't made friends I had been socializing um but uh, uh but then the pandemic hit and somebody who I had met um invited me to uh, just come down to five points where a lot of people stay outside and there's a lot of tents and stuff and so just to come out chat with people um and to make a list of like things that people said that they needed access to that they didn't have access to um, and so I started doing that and then, and one of the biggest things that every, like most, th there were all kinds of things and we wrote down everything and, and, you know, turned it into an actionable thing. But a big thing that people were asking about was water. And so, um, I was like, you know, that feels like something I can do. So I started coming out, um, four to five days a week, um, to distribute water to folks and like, and it, <sighs> It's not sustainable. It doesn't give people all the water that they need, but it was a good opportunity to just be in the environment, to communicate with people, um, to uh, get to know folks. And then, so that's when I found that I just really enjoyed being around other houseless people uh, because I always felt, um, even before I, ex I said that I experienced houselessness, because it turns out that I actually had experienced houselessness several times in my past um, before I realized it, um, but, um, but before that, I, sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, but I, I just, I really enjoyed um, being around people. I always felt like I had to mask, uh, pretend, um, act like I had more in common with the people I was around than I actually did, just so that I could fit in. So have you kind of found like a community now with other unhoused folks? I would say for sure. Um, and I definitely feel um, a greater sense of comfort around other houseless people than um, than I ever did and still around um, house house people and like more specifically like people who have experienced houselessness or experienced poverty or um, basically folks who don't have a like everything is fine it's all God's will everything's going great don't worry about it like I just can't I can't deal with that um, perspective so
Your food smells really good. Can you also tell oh. us what you're cooking in the background? Yeah, so my food is over there completely, um, like, not being watched by anybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm making, um, uh, it's a sweet potato curry, or coconut curry. So there's some coconut milk in there. And I'm using some veggies that I got from the food bank. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I just, it, it's, it's nice to be able to cook because I, I live by myself. Um, and so typically to cook for myself, um, it's really small, like one serving, gonna finish it that night because I don't have refrigeration. I don't have a way to store leftovers um, until the refrigerator season, which is the, <laughs> the cold season. Um, but so during the, this hot season, it's uh, I'm just, you know, people are around so I can cook a little bit more, don't have to worry about maybe throwing it away. Um, and then also staying at a park like this, or there's some other parks where there do tend to be more houseless people. So it's also just an opportunity. Mm, I smell it too now, <laughs> the curry powder. Um, but it's just an opportunity to share a meal, um, share like some kind words. Um, some of the biggest impacts, um, like if we're, if we're not changing the whole system, then we can be friendly to each other. We can be yeah. kind to each other. So, yeah, I, I feel think like that's big. something a lot of people miss because they're like, I don't. They just like don't want to interact with unhoused people, or for some reason they seem to think that like they're so different from them. And I think it also kind of makes them feel like bad to a certain extent to like interact with someone who like, you know, you have a house and they don't. And mm -hmm. I feel like people feel bad about that a lot of times in a way that makes them like kind of feel guilty, and then like they end up not wanting to talk to people or like help people out and things like that and I feel like that's a really big issue that's taking it too far yeah to, to not to not act like I get that I deal with um feelings of privilege and guilt myself because I live in a car and not in a tent um so it's it's all I think relative um but you know but so for me I'm like okay well if I have a car then what can I do to like leverage this privilege that I do have but honestly it's not even like it's not it's not like a special thing that I do um you see it everywhere like any of these um like spots where there's houseless folks that are together, like people are looking out for each other. Um, and there are people who are really just trying to make sure that um, people have what they need as, as much as possible. Uh, and sharing things, um, like sharing food is, is really common. If there, if there is food, then everybody around is gonna eat. Um, or, and I don't wanna say like, all houseless people are friends with each other. Like that's definitely not the case. Um, but you, but people form pockets. They form mm -hmm. groups where they feel more able to get along with these people. Um, and I think it definitely helps to have other people around and not have to feel like um, like you're all alone. Like nobody cares. Like when my having a van, you know, there's car trouble. Like I don't. I, it's not like it's not van life. I try to say like I live in my car. It's um, it's not like a fancy situation. And so, you know, I've had times, a number of times when my battery dies and I have, and I have jumper cables, but I can't jump my own car. So I have to wait and I have to try to flag somebody down. And, um, and trying to do that is, I almost always end up in tears because it is so disheartening the way that uh, people just straight up ignore you if they can if they think not even if they can tell because how can you tell but if they think that you're poor or unhoused um, then 
like, you know, I don't talk, I don't ask them what's going on in their minds. Um, but I've had people like, well, I'll, I'll be saying like, hello, excuse me, excuse me to like one individual person who's by themselves and they will just eyes straight ahead, keep walking. Um, and I'm like, okay, that's really blatant. Um, yeah. and that's so disrespectful. And I feel like people don't even think about like, if they actually stopped, to like help you for a little bit and like slow down it's five minutes and like just it's like don't think about yourself for five minutes it'll probably make you feel better to like share some of your time and help yeah it might out. make them feel good um like and it, it just makes everybody feel good like i don't know like my what i can think is like you know there's these um like they say like back in the old west like there might be some crying crying person outside a wagon you go to help them and then a bunch of people come out of the bushes and jump you or whatever and so that's my thinking is that yeah, they think it's a, it's a trick even though I'm like I mean right here like I've been parked right here um with my battery dead uh, and trying to get somebody to come people are like all up at the parks and stuff and um and like the only people who would help are other poor people people with their with whose whose own cars are having issues have you know broken windshields or things like that um but that's you know there's kind of this joke that like if you if you need some some money ask a poor person yeah because <laughs> we'll all just keep passing it around like, <laughs> i feel like the people who tend to have the least also are kind of the people who are like most willing to share and like mm -hmm. be supportive of other people and it's just like people who have more i guess like they haven't experienced like things like that themselves and so they just somehow can't empathize with it and maybe too like they'll catch it <laughs> like oh if i start interacting <laughs> with poor people then then i will catch the poor or yeah something. right because i think there is the sense that it's innate that there's a reason why some people are in houses and some people are on the street uh, which is i mean like yeah like there is a reason but it's not it's <laughs> but it's not the uh, it's not the moral reason that that people think um yeah. people too do like totally attach like moral kind of assumptions to like being unhoused or like having less money mm -hmm. it's like they assume it must be like a personal like flaw like there's something wrong with that person yeah folks tend to think that houseless people are um more violent that um if if something bad's going to happen to a housed person there's a good chance it's going to happen from a unhoused like an unhoused person uh, acting violently um that that um, that people are irresponsible, that if we could have had houses, we would be in houses, so clearly we can't manage that, that everybody has mental health issues, which it's, it's, not, even the, it's not even half of people who are unhoused who, who, have, who feel like they need mental health services that they're not already getting, and they think that a lot of people are using um, drugs that they don't approve of, uh, because of course, you know, some drugs are okay, but, um, but yeah, that people are out here using drugs and so therefore can't be trusted with money. Um, and then again, it's not even close to half of people out here who, um, who need substance, uh, intervention. Um, so those are really just like assumptions that are being made without actually talking to people. Um, yeah. And I feel like with a lot of those assumptions too, like people don't think about that, like, unhoused people experience a lot more violence and things like that than people who do have houses mm -hmm. and like a lot of it comes from people who are housed like the harassment those communities yeah i mean in here in denver you know we have this street enforcement team which is uh, just a few years old now um but it's basically like regular citizens were deputized to hand out quality of life citations to houseless people and and that's the, that's the way it is. And now, like you know, 
the street enforcement teams will just be around and are and are able to harass people uh, and 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 there are complaints of this happening. I mean, that's one, a big issue is like the authority and the top-downness of it here because um, like you have the police, you have the street enforcement team, and there's the, the Department of Transportation Infrastructure. And so uh, DOTI is the, is the organization that decides, hey, we're gonna have a sweep um, typically. Uh, and, uh, and they schedule it and they, you know, send people out to enforce it. Um, but, but, you know, there's, like advocacy groups have tried to secure rights for houseless people, property rights, basically. Um, and so there are certain, um, like when there's a sweep happening, for example, people are supposed to receive certain amounts of notice. Uh, their property is not supposed to be just trash. It's supposed to be stored and an opportunity given for people to re reclaim it. And there's issues with, you know, with the logistics of those things already. But does it even matter because um, you've still got uh, cops and other enforcement teams harassing people, trashing belongings, performing sweeps in the middle of the night when there's nobody to report it, um, and and lots of other blatant violations of of uh, you know of of these requirements. Um, and then and I have been one of 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 numerous people who has contacted the director of this department in Doty and who has tried to be outspoken about these violations um, and they're completely brushed off. Uh, so so even when there is violence like from coming if there's violence even coming from the police or from these teams um, it's it's considered to be a non-issue because who cares except for houseless people who who generally don't have the stability and energy to be regularly involved in their own advocacy and in the advocacy groups. Um, so so overall, it's one thing I want to bring up is um, race <laughs> because like right now we're talking about like houselessness and unhoused people and. Like, you know, after the Civil Rights Act of 1964, it became less appropriate or less um, allowable to, um, to treat black people with discrimination. And so, you know, something else had to come about um, because, because the, like our government is not a government that says, hey, we're going to do what the people need. Our government has ideas and they try to squash out any outspoken elements, any uh, like, the, like the hippies, like mm -hmm. it's all right if you're gonna be a hippie, but if you're gonna start protesting against the war, then we have to take action. Or, or like, um, you know, if you're gonna start fighting for your rights uh, or, or trying to change things, then action is going to be taken. Um, and so I really think that, uh, we're, you know, we're at a point where houselessness needs to be a protected status, just like, um, like felony, st felony status needs to be protected uh, because like these are ways where we have sanctioned discrimination. Um, you already have a, a totally disproportionate number of black indigenous people in prison and on the streets. Um, and so it just, it, it just allows for the othering to keep going. So long yeah. as you can decide that any person is not deserving of basic rights or food or shelter or but things like, like that the people in power who are kind of like making those laws and those rules and stuff they think that like 
other people need to have less in order for like them to have more and for them to keep their power. And also that, you know, if we're just given more that we become entitled and um, don't learn work ethic or something like that. <laughs> um, when it's like something like half of people who live outside uh, have jobs. Um, a lot of people work, a lot of people are doing everything they can, like, like look up the statistics for housing, housing vouchers, what's available and things like that. Um, and surprise, you can't find them from official sources because they don't track it. <laughs> you, you can only find it from, um, like individuals or groups who decide to do their own research, to do their own surveys, uh, because the decision makers, the people who create these policies where people are not able to access housing, for example, or not able to. Um, if they are living outside and it's 100 degrees or it's 10 degrees are not able to legally able to shelter themselves that that's like a camping ban violation um, I don't know I'm, I'm like going <laughs> off too, too much on, on these directions of, but it but like the, the decision makers are first off they're not subject to the to this to the harassment um, they don't have to deal with it and and they kind of believe that they will never have to deal with it like they are some special class of people who mm -hmm. like will never you know will never have these needs but it's it's such a common issue to experience houselessness and if you get a count of how many people are houseless right now that's not a count of all the people who have been houseless in their lives it's really common well I didn't realize how common until I became houseless myself and people are telling me about like oh I lived in my car or I was just couch surfing for this period of time um, and, and also again like that definition of houselessness, like I said before, I didn't consider, I didn't realize that I had experienced houselessness. Um, like, I, I spent a period of time, like, I didn't want to be, um, I didn't want to have to live in a house where I felt like I, I had to be in a relationship with the person in order to have a, a place to live. So I was like, I'm going to pack a backpack. I'm going to see what I can do. And, um, and so I was couch surfing. I didn't have anywhere really to stay. And technically, I was houseless during that time, and I and I experienced a lot of like insecurity um, and like assault, some like abuse type thing. Like it's you know it gets it's hard to talk about these things when it's like when you have definitions of terms and get and and whatever. But um, now I feel a lot more like now I know what my situation is a bit better and so I'm able to navigate it more easily than when I thought that I was just traipsing around with my backpack and you know it's an adventure it's fun like even though I didn't have anywhere that I could go and I feel like <laughs> a lot of people don't realize like when you have housing and when you have money and you feel like secure in that I feel like it's kind of easy like you're protected from a lot of things and it's kind of easy to feel like you're just like maybe different from other people who don't have that like there's something different about you that's maybe better mm -hmm. but a lot of people don't realize how close they might be to being unhoused or having to couch surf or living out of their car and different things like that mm -hmm. especially like since housing costs are going up so much and like more and more people are having to find roommates and things like that like there's a lot more people who are like close to being unhoused and they don't even realize it yeah i mean i personally believe first off that um that a lot of like women or AFAB people are automatically housing insecure um, by default. So not saying that everybody in those categories is housing insecure, um, but and I know already that that housing insecurity disproportionately affects uh, trans and non-binary people for sure. But even without that, um, like if you're in a position where 
societally you're expected to work less or even if you do work you're only making 80 cents on the dollar compared to certain other people like already you are set up to have a harder time um, maintaining housing Thanks for listening to Denver Street Stories. We aim to help change the narrative surrounding homelessness by providing a platform to amplify necessary and diverse voices. We hope this sheds some light into a world often pushed aside and disregarded. We should hate less, love, and listen more. Stay tuned for part two.